Is, uh, is Zach shown you enough to keep him as the starter going Yeah, forward? he's fine. Zach's going to remain your starter, but will you start getting Tim reps with the first team in case no. he needs to play? Is it fair to the rest of your team to keep sticking by Zach through this? Yeah. Can you walk us through what happened with the offensive line? Starter without, you know, you still have the opportunity to look at the film, get the pulse of the team, talk to your coaches. Why you said, yeah, he's fine? Why is it so definitive? Right now, Zach is the best player in the. He's who gives us the best chance to win. And, you know, so that's basically that would be the cleanest answer I could give you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Randy with the One Jets Pod, and I'm joined by Dominic Lorenz this week. What's going on, Dominic? How are you, brother? Hey, what's going on, Randy? So good to be back here on the One Jets Pod. I know that the Niner logo is not what Jets fans probably want to see right now, <laughs> but we're friends. We got history. There, there's nothing but love. There should be nothing but love between the Niners and Jets because they don't play each other this year. Mm-hmm. They're not divisional rivals. Your coach used to be our defensive coordinator. Why not meet up in the Super Bowl and then we can talk shit with each other? Mm. <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little early or a little too late to talk uh, about. Probably Super a little Bowl. too late for us. <laughs> <laughs> the way our head coach is talking, as you saw. <laughs> oh, boy. But, hey, man, no, it's so good to be here. I'm so glad for this episode. I, I'm ready to roll. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you being here. So we're going to kick it off uh, by talking about our pickums from last week. Not my best week so far. Uh, kind of a standard week for Brian and uh, Dominic here. <laughs> you know, hey, if anybody predicted what happened this weekend, you, you know, there's been some wild weekends in, in football yeah. before. And not talking playoffs or Super Bowl, just regular season. Mm-hmm. And for just the third week of the season, you have the Dolphins drop in 70. And, and I, I'm happy. I had Raheem Mostert. They're dropping 70 points in a game. We can't even drop 70 yards. <laughs> Jesus. You know, you had Dallas get upset by Arizona, yeah. which everybody, in my opinion, I think I think we both love that one, even though it didn't help our picks. Right. But who doesn't love seeing Dallas cry? Secretly, you're like, like, yeah, you. yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know, Jacksonville has been a very big disappointment mm, so yeah. far in, in our fantasy league. We had an inner fantasy trade. I gave you Michael Pittman Jr. I'll take Calvin Ridley because I have a very good wide receiving core, so I can take the risk a little bit. I'm probably going to get ripped for that, too. Watch. Watch, watch. <laughs> Calvin Ridley, watch. He'll oh, be, dude. He'll, he'll be in London this weekend against Atlanta and go, what? I, I'll, I'll predict now. Eight receptions, 120 yards, and a tutty. Shit, my luck, it'll be it'll be eight receptions, 250 yards, and two tutties. <laughs> oh, God. You know, and then you had Jimmy, you know, my ex-Niner, Jimmy Garoppolo, lead the league now in interceptions on Sunday Night Football. And then, two, again, two weeks in a row, multi-Monday Night Football games. Yeah. It's been a wild start to the year so far. And uh, I think regardless if you love it or hate it, we're just glad that football's back. Uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um. No, it's a tough week in the pickums. Like I said, it's just some weird outcomes. And I, I, as we get later on in the show, you'll see with my predictions that this week's weird outcomes definitely had an effect on how I chose things. So, um, so we'll, that's all we really got to say about that. So next, I want to talk about these Robert Sala comments because I feel like I'm at a point where I'm thinking 
if he's actually saying this, either A, he really truly believes Zach is the answer as far as this season goes, which would blow my mind. I don't care what he does in practice. It's not trans. Whatever he's doing Monday through Saturday isn't transferring over to Sundays. No. At or not, right not exactly. Or he's already been told, hey, don't worry about it. Your job's safe. Rogers are coming back next year. Just try to get through this season the best you can. If you want to stand by Zach, go with Zach if you think he's the best for this season. And maybe in the back of management's mind, by telling them that, you're tanking for a better draft pick. Because now because you gotta remember, now we get to keep our first round draft pick now that Rogers is injured. What do you think? You know, it could be honestly, it could be a multitude of things. I can see it being a situation where it's like a secret, let's burn down the season, get a better draft pick, and go from there. It could be. Or maybe somewhere in Robert Sala's mind, Zach Wilson, even though whatever he's doing during the week is not translating over to Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whatever night they're playing that said week. I think it's a situation where as a 49er fan, I think it's almost this situation. It's kind of like option C. The Niners just had the situation where you had last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback, gets injured. Trey Lance is supposed to be your young stud future. Mm -hmm. He's not playing well, not picking up the playbook well, and then on top of it gets injured. Okay, so the injury you can't prevent. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, comes in and he is stunning the NFL world and he has now taken the reins and Trey Lance is now Dak Prescott's backup in Dallas. What I'm what I'm alluding to and getting to at this point is the 49ers for a long time did not want to fall on the sword and have to succumb to the fact that they blew third overall pick and got Trey Lance. They could have got Justin Fields. They could have got Mac Jones. They could have got any other quarterback besides Zach Wilson and the number one overall pick. Remember that, that was the year it was quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And I think five quarterbacks went in the, through the top 20, Mm -hmm. maybe six quarterbacks went through the top 20, whatever the case may be. I think it was an opportunity for the 49ers to escape a season career and job defining move if Brock Purdy is not Brock Purdy and they trade away Trey Lance Kyle Shanahan's not probably getting his extension and John Lynch is probably in trouble as the GM you're mortgaging the future for Trey Lance and it didn't work out I think the Jets are in that situation right now they didn't mortgage the future as much to get Zach Wilson but they put a lot of eggs in that basket to pick him up at number two overall and clearly besides maybe the Monday night game against Buffalo in his entire career as a jet, it is not very good. Nope. And I think they're trying to prevent that sword falling moment of, you know what fans in front office, we fucked up. We did that. We have to eat it. I don't think they're trying to do everything in their power not to eat it. And right now it's equaling out to a one and two record and quite possibly maybe at best two and one. What yeah. they should be at right now. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> whatever they're doing, they're going to have to mask it a lot better. I mean, I, I showed you the tweet uh, as far as Makai Becton, ABT, how well the right side's doing. Why aren't you, why aren't you running it more to that side? Why, why isn't more happening on that side of the ball? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, it makes no sense to me. 
I, you're, I, te- I, you're telling a guy, and I feel your frustration. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of do, and I kind of don't, because my team runs the ball down your throat. Right. You have McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. You can utilize the Swiss Army knife of Debo Samuel in the running game. You can throw some trickery to Brandon Ayuk. The Niners will ground and pound as the day is long. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. The Jets, we saw it on Monday night against Buffalo in week one. You have the ability on paper, and this is another digression a little bit. Randy and I are Angels baseball fans. We talk about this all the time. On paper, it yeah, looks good. All but the, time. the execution is failing. Mm-hmm. You have Dalvin Cook, who has been a proven running back in this league. Yes, is he getting older and he's maybe tipping off a little bit? Maybe. But it's not like he was here. He's not like Ezekiel Elliott that was here and now here. Right. It's a little dropper, but he's still a quality running back in this league. Then you throw in Brees Hall, mm-hmm. who's can be the future, I would say future top five, top seven running back in this league. Why aren't you grounding and pounding it? It's an old tale as old as time saying, use the, use the run to set up the pass. Mm-hmm. The Jets need to go back to the basics, utilize that to their advantage, create some nice, even if it has to be fancy double blocking, overhauling one side of the offensive line to the good side. So the right side of the line, overhaul it, use your wide receivers as extra blockers and create those gaps. I don't care if it's Hall or Dalvin cook, screw fantasy football, just run the damn ball. And and you, and I hate to bring this as well. Zach Wilson has run the ball before. Why can't you utilize him as well? You could Mm. potentially have three legit runners and you have Michael Carter as well, even though he's down in the depth chart, but he ran a lot of the ball last year with the jets as well. You have the ability it's on paper. Use it. Don't be like the angels and screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and that takes us into our next uh, topic with, you know, Zach Wilson. He had the longest amount, amount of time to throw out of all 32 teams that played on Sunday and including Monday. He had 3.22 seconds to throw that fucking football, dude. And he could not find the open receiver. I you I feel like you give any fucking quarterback three seconds to throw the damn ball. They're gonna find an open receiver. I don't care if it's one on one down the field. That's open in the fucking NFL, man. If you have three seconds, at least, at least get it to your check down guy. Right? Like at least you know your check down guy is there, bare minimum. Imagine what three, what was it? 3.2 seconds. No, he wasted, he wasted to find his check down guy in the final fucking play of the game on fourth and 10. Exactly. (laughs) But it was 3.2 seconds, correct? That's exactly 3.2. You know what 3.2 seconds would get Tom Brady? Oh, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, even I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. We might put up dolphin like numbers. I'm telling you, <laughs> we, we, we talked about this off air earlier this afternoon. If you gave Aaron Rodgers 3.2 seconds in the pocket, in a clean pocket where he's he's not maneuvering, he just gets to stand and look like a goddess mm-hmm. for, for 3.2 seconds. He's got Garrett freaking Wilson. Yep. He's got old friends, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got Conklin at tight end. And you have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. 
who both know how to pass catch. More so Brees Hall than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's more of the ground and pound. But I think Dalvin Cook, if he sees a football coming at him, he can put up his two hands and run the ball. Right. That would be – that's guaranteed 30 points a game. At least. Put, put, Put it on the board, 30 points a game. Zach Wilson got you 10 points this week against the Pats and got you well, 10 points last week against the Dallas Cowboys. And, well, he got you all but the last touchdown against Buffalo. You're telling me you can't scrape for 20 points at the end of the day? Right. I know we're going to get to it in a second. I know New England has the Jets number, and we'll dive into that in a, in a few moments. But you're telling me? Look what the Dolphins did to them. Look what the Eagles did to them in week one. Short little intermittent checkdowns and slants with a couple of bombs thrown in. But the Eagles ran the ball, and the Dolphins ran the ball with Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you copy the game plan? Yep. Again, it's on paper. It's like they're trying to ignore what's on paper. And this probably goes on Sala and probably offensive coordinator Hackett. Sure. Where it's maybe it's more Hackett than Sala. I don't know how much play calling ability Robert Sala or how much influence he has on the offense. Because remember, Robert Sala is more of a defensive minded oh, guy. Yeah. No wonder why the Jets, let's be real, are a top five, top 10 defense here in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's clear as day. Now, again, it looks a little different because they gave up 30 points to the 30 plus points to the Dallas Cowboys and it kind of offsets a little bit. But you got away with only giving 15 points to the New England Patriots against a Bill Belichick New England Patriot team who was on the rope of being 0-3 for the first time in Belichick's tenure. And we're basically begging you to win that game. Yeah. Mac begging Jones, you to fucking begging. score. Mac Jones doesn't do too much, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it, it, it feeds into this. Oh, no, we can, we can talk about the Patriots. It, it, feeds into, it, it just feeds in perfectly to the point where New England grounded and pounded. Yep. 40 total carries for 157 yards. 80 from Elliott, 59 from Stevenson. No matter how hard it was, they weren't they weren't wavering from that game plan. No, and even though Mac Jones had 201 passing yards, one of those 15 completions was that massive 58 touchdown yep. to Pharaoh Brown. So mm-hmm. you minus off 58 yards, or maybe it's only a 10-yard, 20-yard if you tackle him. You got Mac Jones under 200 yards. Yep. The, the best receiver was Kendrick Bourne, four for 46. You limited that. There was no big special teams play you did what you had to do on defense yep you just needed one score one touchdown you couldn't even get that yeah i mean i mean who knows what could have happened i mean but we're we're talking fourth and 10 and we throw a two yard pass out to the sidelines no that's I mean, not first of all why the hell are you why the hell are you throwing it out there unless the Unless well, was, like is, well, let's let's go right into our next topic right here. Joe Namath, fucking Joe yeah. Namath. He says it. Why are you throwing it out there? Why are you throwing it on fourth and ten like that? Unless the fucking receiver's going vertical. You have to remember, like I said, I don't know if it's Hackett or Sala. I'm gonna say it's more emphasis on Hackett. Here's the reason why. If you look at the Denver Broncos last year, they did the same exact thing with Russell Wilson. You had you had big. Receivers, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, or your two big guys. And you do a couple intermittent slants with the check down late. 
third and long, you're doing a check down and you're expecting your guy to just magically get 15 yards. Right. When it's it's third and 17 and we need 19 from you, but we're going to throw two yards and you need to get the other 15 on your own. I'm sorry. I'm not not boasting, but you're not the 49ers. You are not the yak monsters. Right. You're not Debo. You're not IU. You don't feed off people hitting you and you, it's almost like a catapult. Kittle yep. does it all the time. He'll have three guys on him, and then he gets an extra burst of speed and just goes. The Jets don't have that. Garrett Wilson has, like, he has the ability to get to that mm-hmm. because he's such a, a, a supreme wide receiver. Right. But the problem with Garrett Wilson right now is when you pair him with a mediocre, less quarterback, it's gonna, everybody's now going to say Garrett Wilson is how he 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 was boasting himself up. He. Well, look at what he has to work right. with. He can't throw right. himself the freaking ball. Right. What do you want him to do? I mean, and he's wide open too, dude. In a, in a lot of these scenarios, he's wide open. I mean, I, I, you know what? I know I heard some rumblings about, and, and we're going off topic here, and this isn't even on the list. It's free for all time at this point. Right? <laughs> but I heard something about Aaron Rodgers telling everybody to to relax. But you know what? And I'm not going to bash Aaron Rodgers because, you know, I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. But I honestly don't blame some of the frustration. Like, I can only imagine, you know, being out there, being constantly wide open, you know, just like, oh, my God, right here. You know, the old Randy Moss. Oh, right here, right here. And yeah. fucking – and 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 he's just – Zach seems like if, if the first read isn't there, that's it, dude. Yeah. He, there, it, there is no second, third, or fourth. It's like, oh, not there. Okay. Oh, oh, shit. And that was the situation the Niners had when Trey Lance was starting those two games before he was injured last year it was – First progression not working. And then as he's going to his second progression, he gets nervous. Right. And then bails and tries to do something and it doesn't work. Yep. So it could be a confidence thing. It could be a scheming issue. Mm-hmm. There, there's multiple, I think, issues that could create this bigger picture problem at the end of the day. Right. But getting back just for a moment on Sala's comments and being, he's very, it, it, it doesn't seem. It's definitely real that Sala is projecting to the fans and the media. Wilson is the guy. There is no batting of the eye. He's not like, well, game by game basis. No, he's giving Wilson because I think Wilson's feeling the heat and he's feeling the pressure. If your head coach is saying, well, he's game to game, Wilson, I think, might play worse. But knowing him, he might play better if his ass is on the line. <clears throat> you know, I you, I hate to... I hate to say that, but you never know what can happen. Some players, you know, are different mentality-wise. But if you if you really believe Zach Wilson is going to get you to the promised land, and by promised land now, we've gone from Super Bowl to maybe making the playoffs after the Buffalo win to maybe let's get above 500. Yeah. If that's fair. I think – you're smoking a little dope a little bit <laughs> because I told you the next couple of games for the Jets, the Chiefs game on Sunday, good luck. Yeah. You got the Broncos who are a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Eagles. Yeah. And then the Giants. At best, if you go two and two, that gets you three and four. Yep. Na- that That's basically. That'd be a miracle with Zach Wilson at quarterback. That would be a miracle. But then again, you're still going to be talking about the same things then. That mm-hmm. we're talking about now. Oh, One absolutely. game under 500. Yep. And because Miami's going to keep winning, Buffalo's going to keep winning. And 
again, New England is Bill Belichick. You never know what he pulls out of the hat sometimes. New England's probably a 500 team. Yeah, they might be so, like a so game they'll, over. They'll, they'll keep winning while we keep losing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, which was a promising season that sucks when Aaron Rodgers' leg blew up. Yeah. That video still just seeing that thing calf pop. Uh, I remember as, as, a, as a, you know, SoCal guy my whole life, Kobe Bryant, when he ruptured his. Yeah. You didn't have that pop moment. It right. just slapped mm. to the floor. Seeing that in real time slow mo and then the zoom slow mo, ooh, chilling. I don't, I don't envy that. But I think this whole quarterback conversation is going. It's hinging on Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. Because if Aaron Rodgers was a one year free agent and or he had been with the Jets and he was probably going to leave, mm-hmm. I think maybe they go out and get somebody, sure. like make a trade for somebody. But because Aaron Rodgers said, you know, pretty much unfinished business, I want to come back. There's no love loss. I'm here. I'm here in New York for a reason. I really believe they're just this year's going to be a piece it together type year at this point, barring a miracle. Now, that being said, we got this uh, Rich uh, Samini tweet. With the way with the way things are. And if they continue this way, now I'm going to read this tweet. And when I and when I read this tweet to you, I want you to tell me: Do you think it's possible if he keeps trotting him out there? If you think this will happen, yeah. He tweets: Tensions are reportedly rising in the Jets' locker room over the quarterback situation. Salah is coming off as a Zach Wilson apologist, and it's not sitting well with the players. In particular, the defense is not happy with it. It was a hot topic amongst players Tuesday morning. This defense knows that if any other player were performing his job the way Wilson is performing his, that players would be benched. I get the sense that the team could be reaching or could be ready to implode. So do you think if he if he continues to back Zach Wilson, no matter what's going on behind the scenes as far as front office goes, because the players aren't really – that's not – they're not really involved in that side yeah. of things. Do you think he can lose this locker room? And if you lose this locker room, I mean, are we talking the Elijah Moore route where guys start asking for trades? Well, maybe. You already lost Joe Namath. And I know you mentioned that briefly, and – and my take on the whole Joe Namath comments about Zach Wilson, how he's pretty much a bum and this and this, this and everything else. Uh-huh. Joe Namath. That name not only means something to football, sure, but it means something to the Jets. Absolutely. As a 49er fan, that's Broadway Joe. Yep. They, you know, we had Joe Montana. Uh-huh. You had Joe Namath. They are both high quality NFL quarterbacks. You listen to what they have to say. Absolutely. You do not sweep that under the rug. Again, I hate to bring this up, New Yorker fans. We as Angel fans know. <laughs> oh, okay, you had a 2002 World Series champion team. They want to come be a part of the team. Nah, our owner says we don't need you. We don't We don't need to relate to winners. Joe right. Namath is a winner. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, mm-hmm. If he's saying this guy's a bum, maybe, I'm not saying like believe in him wholeheartedly, but maybe listen and be like, okay, Joe, why? Bring Joe in. Yep. Have, I mean, have Joe, a meeting. Joe's never really came out and ever said that about a Jets quarterback ever. Like I've never seen Joe. He usually at, takes the friend, the more friendly PC route with these guys. Yeah, you know, because, hey, he's a Jet. But 
Joe, when did, Joe's finally just as frustrated as all we are because he's a Jet fan just like us. Well, since, I'm at least like me. Yeah. Since when has Joe Namath been the topic of discussion negatively sure. with the Jets organization? Mm-hmm. I mean, outside okay. of his little Perfect. drunk skip many, many years ago. Yeah. Hardly ever. So this is home. And Joe Namath knows football. He knows quarterbacking. Sure. He has validity. Now, if you're telling me somebody who's on ESPN or Fox Sports or wherever else who was a backup quarterback at best in his life or played one year, two years in the NFL, mm-hmm. okay, okay, shut it. This is Joe Namath. That's like listening. Listen. That's like listening to Johnny Manziel fucking give quarterback <laughs> advice. Like, no, nah, I'm good, dude. Shut the. No, fuck no, up. Johnny Manziel <laughs> on watching tape. Oh God, <laughs> watching tape, Johnny Manziel is a big difference. Oh my gosh! Him and Ky- Kyle Murray giving a freaking a webinar on watching videotape. <laughs> but if Joe I know Nath- you, li- I know you like that would be a Niners fan. <laughs> a little Kyle Murray <laughs> shot. <laughs> and Joe Namath is telling you what to do. Listen, but to your point, you know when I think the point comes where he might lose a locker room. You know Sunday Night Football this week it's the Chiefs. Sure. Even if Aaron Rodgers was there and you lost. It's going to be a tough battle. It's the Chiefs. Sure, it's Mahomes. Sure. It's Kelsey. Now you have to add Taylor Swift into the mix. Oh, yeah. It's a, God, I want to vomit everywhere. <laughs> God, I can't, everybody... I can't get through I can't get through two TikTok videos without fucking hearing about Taylor Swift. Oh, God damn boy. It. <laughs> Please. It's, what number is Travis Kelsey? 87. 87. What's Taylor Swift's favorite number? 13. What does that equal? 100. That means they're a match made in heaven. Oh, oh, I want to die. I, I I can't I can't do that. Oh, God. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs. We are yeah. who they think they are. Okay, absolutely. It's the following game I'm looking at: Jets on the West Coast taking on the Broncos. If you stink up the joint to the Broncos, who just gave up seventy to Miami, yep, that's when you're losing the locker room. Mm. Anybody can lose to the Chiefs. That's a fair point. The Niners can lose to the Chiefs. It's it's hard heavy battle here sure. in the NFL. When you lose to the Broncos, who are 0-3, downward spiral, and what happened last week to the Dolphins, you're losing the locker room. Absolutely. I and could, then I could agree with that. And then you have the Eagles, which the Eagles are strong. Then you have the crosstown, cross-locker room rival in the Giants. Mm-hmm. The next four weeks, you may lose the locker room. And it's going to be from the Broncos game or the Giants game. Because both those offenses are anemic, and their defenses are anemic. I absolutely if you get agree. hosed by those two teams, start barreling down the gates, New Yorkers. You know how tough New York media is and New York fan base. If it's the Mets, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Jets, the Giants. You do one thing wrong, and they're coming for you. Yep. And, they, and, and, and this time around with the Jets, they have all the ammunition to go after it because Zach Wilson – it's not like he's this is he's a rookie quarterback trying to figure out his way. He was there last year. The year before. Come on, let's, let's figure this out a little bit. Absolutely. To move on. Earlier today, it was you know it was reported that the Jets went out and signed Trevor Simeon to the practice squad. Now I'm going to say this, and I want to get your thoughts on Trevor Simeon. Is he is he an all star quarterback? Hell no. I mean, is he a guy you want starting? for your team all season? Hell no. Unless you absolutely freaking have to. Yeah. But I will say this. I'll take him over Zach Wilson any day because he's, he's shown himself that, you know, there's a reason why he's still in the league. 
You don't stick around in the, I don't give a shit how far down the depth chart you are. You stick around the league seven, eight, nine, ten plus years. There's a reason for it because you're somewhat serviceable. You're somewhat able to be counted on. You can come in in a pinch if you need, if need be, you know, you're, you're maybe your quality locker room guy, it, you know, the, I, there's a reason why a lot of the guys, I guess, that a lot of the fans wanted, including myself, aren't in the fucking NFL right now. And there's a reason why Trevor Simeon still is. Well, the when you look at Trevor Simeon, in comparison, I was, if you were going to get somebody like a Trevor Simeon, a legit backup quarterback that you don't want to build your team around, but is nice to have in these pinch situations. I was thinking more along the lines of Colt McCoy. Mm -hmm. Colt McCoy took over when Kyler Murray got hurt last year. Everybody thought he was going to be QB1 for Arizona this year, gets cut two weeks before the season, and now Josh Dobbs is rolling the show for the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I was a big proponent of Colt McCoy. He was great in college. He's been kind of here, there, and everywhere across the NFL through his entire career. But he's a quarterback technician, good pocket presence, doesn't get scrambled too easily. He's a pocket passer, which kind of fits the Jets' scheme right now because it's not like Zach Wilson's running, and neither was Aaron Rodgers going to be running. So it would have fit that mentality a little more. He's definitely the quarter kind of type of quarterback that I think Hackett is more comfortable coaching. That that could be something along the lines as well. Now I know there was a big ticket item like Carson Wentz was talked about. Um you know, a lot of people thought, oh, maybe the Jets pull off a trade to go get Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you could go get those two guys if Aaron Rodgers was not in this equation. Right. If Aaron Rodgers was going into free agency or into retirement, sure, go go bust your load on Kirk Cousins. Go bust your load on Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. And then maybe it works. But to me, Colt McCoy and Carson Wentz kind of make a little more sense. At least Carson Wentz can – he throws a lot of picks – but I think you would take three touchdowns, two picks, 300 yards in a game. Absolutely. And, made, and, and if, if you still lost the game, at least you made it com- competitive. Not at least, not at least to- 20 points a game, at least. Exactly. So Trevor Simeon is fine. It's a practice squad. I know Boyle is your backup at the moment. And we talked about this uh, uh, you know, a couple days ago. How bad would it be if you lose to the Chiefs, which – Spoiler alert, I'm picking the Chiefs over the Jets. Sorry, I'm going to get to the pick. Sorry, I hate hate to do it. Um, If you lose to them and it's uh, the same Zach Wilson we've been getting, why not put Boyle in against the crappy Broncos? Just to see what you have. It's better than putting Boyle in this week against the Chiefs. You know, that's trying to put David against Goliath type situation. Put David against David and keep the Goliaths with the Goliaths in in this situation. Hell, I'd even put – I mean, if we're getting blown out by the Chiefs by the fourth quarter, I might even think about putting him in then. You could do that as well. Get a little sample size going into the Bronco game. I think that would be really nice too. Now, the extra double, triple wild card that made headlines today about an hour or two after the Simeon news was you saw Colin Kaepernick make some news with Jay Cole about a letter that he penned him about basically advocating – Hey, Jets, this is why you should call me at least to the practice squad so I could show you what I can do. I know there's a lot of news, feelings, politically driven stuff about Colin Kaepernick 
And again, perfect segue. He was a 49er. Mm-hmm. And there was a time I loved him before he dipped off the curve. Again, I'm not getting into the politics side of things. Sure. That's we're not gonna this this is I want to talk, I want sports with sports, not politics. And I know you're with me on that, brother. Absolutely. Playing wise. Is he a fresh arm? Is he athletic? Is he talented? Yes. No problem. Does he fit this Jets scheme? He has more run ability. He's kind of more of a Lamar Jackson-esque run, pass, on the run, fast. Yeah. He kind of fits in that Lamar Jackson kind of feel of things. Does that fit Nathaniel Hackett? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You can't ask. And, and, and even if you sign into the profit squad, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get called up. Sure. But still, you're going to basically – that's like telling Colin Kaepernick, we want you to come in. We're going to trust you. We believe in what you have. But as soon as you get through the doors, we we thank you for being here, but we're going to change your whole idea of quarterbacking. You think you're talented because you're running this? No, you're going to do the 180 of that. Then he's going to feel uncomfortable, and then he's going to be like, well, why the hell did I come here then? Right. You're not trusting me to be me. When it's not really about you, it's about the team. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's where I think, you know, logistically it doesn't work between the two. Now, anybody that likes Colin Kaepernick can say I'm making excuses. No, this is not politically dry. I'm just saying based on Jets, Nathaniel Hackett and Robert Sala scheming, Simeon makes more sense pocket-wise. Sure. You know, you could, I, I don't know, what what's your take on the Kaepernick kind of wild card factor, even though it's probably not going to happen. No, I'm, I'm 100% right there in the same boat that you are, you know, politics, you know, politics aside, it just doesn't fit. You know, I'm starting to see that Nathaniel Hackett isn't comfortable coaching these type of quarterbacks, like the Zach Wilson's, your Russell Wilson's, even a Colin Kaepernick, who's more of like your Lamar Jackson type. I don't, I don't see, Hackett being able to coach a guy like Lamar Jackson. It just, it just doesn't fit. He needs that type of pocket passer. Does Aaron Rodgers sometimes get on, get on the move? Sure, but he does that when his third and fourth reads aren't fucking there, not after his first. Yep. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm 100. I'm You and I, we're right there on the same wavelength. You know, it's just logistically just doesn't fit. Schematically just doesn't fucking fit. And speaking of schematics, and this is another thought that just popped in my mind. As a Niner fan to a Jets fan, this is, again, something about Niners and Jets right now. There's a lot of crossover here in this Venn diagram. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers either got hurt a couple weeks earlier or Trey Lance wasn't traded to the Cowboys, would you be saying Trey Lance should be a Jet? If, if Trey Lance was on the Niners roster right now, and the Niners said he's available for a trade when the season begins. And Dallas didn't bite. Nobody else took him. And he was still available in a trade. Would you want the Jets to take a chance? Even though he's, like Kaepernick, not schematically right for the Jets with Hackett. But it's better than maybe Wilson. And Robert Sala knows him from his days in San Francisco. Barely. It was his rookie, you know, rookie year type situation. But... Is that a risk you'd be willing to take? Because the Niners got a very low fourth round draft. Like it was a very, it wasn't anything a hot commodity, like two first round picks in a second. Like it wasn't anything sexy. Mm -hmm. Would you have risked one pick fourth round and below on a chance like Trey? Based on the quarterback market right now, you're not going to trade for Cousins or Stafford. And it's better, I guess, than McCoy or Simeon or Kaepernick or stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking like in season right now and not before the season, 
uh, I still think it'd be a no for me. Okay. Just because based on just what the 49ers were finally seeing, just like, eh, I don't know if the guy's got it. He's not, he's not able to pick it up. And it's kind of the same thing with Zach Wilson. He doesn't got it. He doesn't seem to be able to pick it up. You know, he, he, he just makes the same bonehead mistakes over and over. Now, if we're talking before the season, I'm talking like I wanted guys like it would have been nice to go out and get like a guy like Gardner Minshew or something, you know, when he was a free agent mm. or, you know, Nick guys Foles. like that. Nick Foles even. Yeah. Nick Foles even bring him in the training camp, get him acclimated, get him used to the scheme and everything like that. I mean, there were options. And the fact I mean, you could have still groomed Zach Wilson having him sit there in the third string role or whatever. You know, I, I, yeah. I just don't understand you why could. he need to be relegated to backup. Because it, it's like I said, I was on a well, – I wasn't on a podcast. I was in the chat room of a podcast. But I was saying, like, you could how – how did I word this? You could basically – you could basically get 20 points with any other quarterback not named Zach Wilson. There is literally no other quarterback that's worse than Zach Wilson. Starting starting quarterback currently in the NFL. If you look at the teams that have zero wins right now, zero win teams, there are few. You, let's see right now. As I look at all the, the entire standings, the Denver Broncos are one three. Russell Wilson has got you 20 plus points almost every game this year. Minnesota, they can get points. Yep. Chicago, Justin Fields individually can get you 20 points. Chicago, I know Jets fans are hard on themselves right now, but think of the Bears. Yeah, the Bears might mess. be the Bears might be more fucked up than the Jets. Yeah. They're okay, just a mess. let's put they're it out there. Mess. Yeah. And then Carolina with Bryce Young slash Andy Dalton. They did get over 20 against Seattle this past week. So really, you're looking at Chicago as the only team that can't get towards 20 points, but it's not the quarterback's fault. Sure. It's the surrounding pieces. The Jets, it's the opposite mentality. So really, it's kind of, it's hard. Yes. And and, and how, my answer, yes, I agree with you. If you look back at the 2021 draft, Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence was the surefire pick number one. Jacksonville was going to take, and there's no doubt. Zach Wilson goes two. Trey Lance goes three. So quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. The next quarterback doesn't go to number 11 in Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. If Jets go with Justin Fields, are we are we in a different scenario? Do they not pick up Aaron Rodgers or the Jets ascending in a different direction? That's let me let me see. I'll throw some names. Where do you think the Jets would be right now if it was Justin Fields at the helm? Well, considering that Justin well, considering Justin Fields went to eleven, I I mean, I don't know if anybody thought he was gonna slide that far. But if if they did, uh, we could have traded out, got a couple of, got a, maybe got a couple of more picks, put more pieces around as far as offensive line. Yeah. And who knows? I'm not totally blaming LaFleur, Michael LaFleur for everything last year, but who yeah. knows what he would have had if, you know, had he had a competent quarterback that could at least do the simple things you know, had an offensive line. I mean, we had a mediocre offensive line. We were like middle of the pack. Yeah. But could you imagine a top 10 offensive line, you know, being able to build around it through the draft, you know? So, yeah, if if we would have went the Justin Field route, it would have put more picks in our pocket because we probably would have traded down 
you know, traded out of the top 10, you know, secured those picks and been able to build around them, you know, and then you, then you add the pieces that we added as far as offensive line you know, over the next course of the next couple of years, you know, but as far as the Aaron Rodgers part goes, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we, there would have been a need to bring in Aaron Rodgers because I think Aaron Rodgers was solely brought in because of the ineptness of Dak, of Zach Wilson. Like they're yeah. like, oh, we got to figure out. It's like you said earlier, you know, the falling on the sword type thing. They're they're trying everything to save this guy, and I, and I think they're starting. To, I really think they're starting to see that maybe he's just not the answer. But I, I, I think they really want to bank on the fact of getting this guy to sit behind Rogers for a whole offseason and an entire fucking regular season. Yeah. Rather than, you know, four snaps in. It's like, oh, well, you're the guy now. Like I said, I, think I had to talk myself into drafting this guy. Like a lot of guys scenario. wanted him. Yeah, I, ne- I never wanted him. You know, I was I was okay, you know, trading out, securing picks, you know, securing the offensive line. Because I think you – my logic's always been build the offensive line, then go get the fucking quarterback. I hate don't, I hate, don't I be hate Cincinnati and got or Joe the Jets or the Jets. Or the the Jets. Jets, have, Jets have been like that their whole fucking life. It seems go out and get a quarterback, spend money on him, and then oh, now we'll put pieces around him. Oh, well, what well, if those pieces don't work out? Or those pieces are going to cost a hell of a lot of money at this point now. And, and then I had to talk myself into him being the backup. I'm like, why can't this guy be the third stringer? He could still learn from Aaron Rodgers. He could still be his mentor. Yeah, but you don't have to rely on him coming back, coming coming in a game and, and and worrying about him stinking up the joint and doing Zach Wilson shit, because let's not be naive. Yeah, he's looked a little, he's looked. There's been some improvements in some areas, but overall, like we couldn't all, we couldn't have thought just just because he fucking sat through, I don't know, six or seven weeks of Aaron Rodgers through the summer that he was fucking ready to be a backup and come in and and and, and be relied upon. Like I was just I, like, you've got to be no. kidding me. And I told you while watching Hard Knocks, like. This could be a great year for Zach Wilson to learn and just get absorbed that he's never like Joe Flacco was not Aaron Rodgers. Let's be right. real. He was not. Again, the draft is hindsight 2020. You know, you're never going to do it right. But who knows? The Jets at number two could have kept that number two pick and went maybe a Kyle Pitts, a Jamar Chase, a Jalen Waddle. And then they remember they had the number 14 pick instead yep. of getting Elijah Vera Tucker, who's amazing. They could have got a quarterback. Maybe they get Justin Fields or maybe Mac Jones. Even though Mac Jones is not the God Almighty Savior, Mac Jones is at least throwing over there for New England. You just saw that this past weekend. Yep. So yep. There, there's a lot of options. I, I, it's, it's an interesting take. I always love looking back on drafts, mm-hmm. even if teams are doing really well or really bad, just to see. I do it now with fantasy football. It's like, yet last night I'm like, Derrick Henry's not doing well right now. I could have got Tony Pollard. I could have done this. I, like I'm analyzing every week, trying to be like this Messiah over GM Messiah. But it's really interesting to see, you know, the what could have been, even though you can't change it and it's catch a 22 at, at a certain point. But it kind of brings it into a circle. As I've talked about before, the Niners fell on the sword faster than the Jets. The Niners said, you know what? Instead of, instead of waiting too late, to make this call, we're going to make it early and get ahead of the curve. That's what the Jets are now falling behind the curve. The Niners got away from what the, happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. They waited too long, and then it didn't work out. Then they had to bring him back, yeah. and it just was a, a, a mess. Yep. You don't want that, even though Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Zach Wilson. Sure. Who knows? 
we could be talking different. If a different quarterback went to the Jets in this draft, who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback right now with the Las Vegas Raiders and him and Devontae are back together. Yep. Every piece yep. changes the domino effect of every single thing that happens. Because I'd be lying if I said during that draft that Mac Jones wasn't the guy that I wanted. Because that's who everybody, I wanted. Everybody thought he was going to the Niners. Yeah. I wanted Mac Jones. I was like, I don't want Zach. I mean, I guess I had to I had to call into different podcasts. I had to, you know, I had to get into the social media. I had to literally talk myself into Zach Wilson, dude. It's and, it's and hard. It, when, it all started when you have to talk apart, your, I was like, oh my God. When you have to talk yourself into picks. Yeah. Now again, we're not GM Messiahs, we're just fans. Right. If you have to talk yourself into liking somebody and they can't prove you wrong. Again, we talk about this all the time with our Angels, Joe Adele. Yep. And all the Jets fans out there that maybe don't follow Angel Baseball. Talk to Randy. Put it in the comments. <laughs> Ask him about Joe Adele. Oh, man, yeah. Hello from the other side, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, but in all-encompassing at that point. Right. You, it, it, every domino effect, I always say every pitch in baseball, every play in football, everything has a domino effect. It changes your odds. It changes everything. And Zach Wilson, if he strings – Two games very well played in a row. Who knows? Maybe that kickstarts something. It, his engines refire. Yeah, that'd be great. But is it going to happen probably against Kansas City? Probably not. Hell no. Should it happen? Should it happen against the Broncos? You damn well write it better. Say it fucking better. <laughs> you're, you're losing the locker room. You're losing many. You ooh that you're getting into tumultuous territory against that Bronco. That that could be the tipping point of the season. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of tumultuous territories, let's get into our predictions of the week. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I was a, hey, as long as I'm above 500 every week, I'm not going to complain that hard. No, I agree. I agree. And my Niners keep winning, so I'm happy. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> now, I don't know if I have these in order, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Lions and Packers Thursday night, right? On Amazon Prime with Al Michaels and Kurt Herbstreit. Did you know Al Michaels is making a million dollars per night? No shit. And per and night? Per Thursday night football, he makes one million bucks for one game. And and let's top it off. Miss Carrie Underwood, who sings your entrance to Sunday night football, the one you know, the two-legged wonder. Oh yeah. She's making one million per night. Just to do that little minute and a half video. So every time it's on, I tell friends and family, it's like, hey, you want to see a million bucks be made? Let's watch it right now. It's like, come on, man. I want to do that job. I love me some Al Michaels. I'm glad he's still around. I don't care if he's old school or not. I'll always love me some Al Michaels, man. Man, but Lions and Packers? Lions and Packers. So Who would have thought we'd be anticipating this game? Oh, man. Well, I... I... I'm actually I'm kind of a Lions fan right now. Ever since that hard knock last year, dude, I like the Lions. I like Dan Campbell. I like the I like what he's yes. building. And I just yes. see, I mean, as it shows, you know, we're going into week four, and it's going to show right here, right now. I got an affinity for the Lions. I'm taking the Lions over the Packers. And I I'm agree. talking. It's gonna. I think it'll be close. I do think it'll be close. We're talking divisional yeah. rival. I think. Are, are the Packers at home here? Packers at home, the good okay. old Lambeau field. Yeah, okay, so you got Packers at home. I think it's going to be close. I'm thinking something 24-21 Lions. Last-minute field goal. Along those lines, somewhere in the 20-point range, I know Detroit's favored by one and a half, so it's pretty much a neck-and-neck game. Mm -hmm. It's hard to discredit the Packers at Lambeau field. It's 
one of those storied stadiums. Jordan Love has been playing very good replacing Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Sure. Detroit has played well as, as well. Jared Goff is finding new life. Amon Ross St. Brown, the former Trojan, is very good. How about their tight end, Laporta? Yeah. He's looking like rookie of the year type mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked him up on waivers. Thank you very much. Nice. And and he's definitely starting over Darren Waller this week. So hopefully that doesn't jinx him. You know, knock on the wood a little bit here. <laughs> but uh, I do have lines in this one. I'm going to say 27-23. Nice. Right on. Good, good, good game in that one, though. Absolutely. I, I think it's going to be the first. Well, the Eagles-Vikings game in week two for Thursday night was intense. But I think this one might. D- divisional battles are different brother you know yep. that oh absolutely absolutely yeah. that's why i think it'll be you know low score and you know right in the 40 total range somewhere around there right there with you next we got the falcons versus the jags now i'm gonna say <laughs> the jags i'm cooling down on them the falcons uh, the stocks rise a little bit for me on the falcons and this week i'm taking the falcons over the jags man what do you think you know, international series, they're going to be, I believe, in London for this one. Oh, okay, okay. I, cool. Yeah, that's – are you going to be at 6 a.m. to watch that one? It's only Hell on no. E- it's, only on e- <laughs> it's only on ESPN+. Plus. So, no. uh, I guess when I wake up Sunday morning, I'll see what – you know, now that I have Calvin Ridley, what he performed on that day. Um, <laughs> oh, but, wait, I probably should now that I got some fantasy guys in that game. God Yeah, I know. It. You got to think about it now twice. Crap. Um, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride the gravy train a little bit. And I'm gonna I'm gonna still stick with Jacksonville. They've okay. done the they've done the international series before. They thrive in it. I'm going to say Atlanta's good. A lot of people peg them to win that division, and I didn't believe it. Now that I'm seeing on paper, I still don't believe Desmond Ritter, their QB. Bijan Robinson's nice. I've never been a huge fan of Kyle Pitts. I think he's in the wrong system. Okay. I, can, I think yeah. he, I think he was if he was in a different system, I'd like him more. Like I stay away from him in fantasy. He it's just not a good pick. That's why I dropped him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You're th- thank you for that. Um, but I got Jacksonville in this one. I think it, it, those international series are always fun. I got Jacksonville in a close game. I'm gonna say I don't know the final, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be within a touchdown. Somewhere okay. within a touchdown. Right on. All right, next we got the Colts versus the Rams. Now the Rams seem to cool off a little bit this past week, and the Colts, I mean, they just look they look like a different team. I mean, I know who the future is there, but they yeah. look like a different team with Gardner at quarterback. And and to be honest with you, I like them this week, man. In, in a real hot and a real hard fought close game, I think it's going to come down to like a last second field goal, yeah. but I really like the Colts in this one. I'm thinking something like Again, 24-21, something like that, maybe 21-17. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going with the Colts as well. Right on. I think the, I, I think the Colts, I don't know if Richardson's going to be playing. We don't know that information yet. I know he's still recovering from the concussion. Mm-hmm. But even if it's Gardner Minshew, he looked very good. He's got a good relationship with Michael Pittman. You're welcome, by the way. Thank you. And, and <laughs> Zach Moss, running back, picked him up two weeks yeah. ago in fantasy waiver wire, 20-plus points each week. They hand him the ball. They pass down the ball. The Colts are a not bad defensive team as well. And the Rams, the Rams are an interesting case. Matthew Stafford so far this year has not been the Matthew Stafford of normal. He's thrown a lot of picks. They do have Williams, the running back, who's very good. Uh, they got Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Cooper Cup, not ready to come back yet. Right. But I think the Colts, again, neck and neck battle. I'm going to edge the Colts in this one. Whoever's the quarterback, I don't care. I think they still get it done. 
I think they got some new life, new energy. Sure. That division with Jacksonville kind of fumbling and Tennessee not knowing how to have an offensive line. Yeah. The Colts could be in prime position to win this division. Yeah, absolutely agree. So, absolutely so, agree. So, so give me some uh give me some Colts over the Rams. Awesome. All right, next we got another divisional uh game. We got the Browns versus the Ravens. Now, this one I kind of had to stare at a little bit, but I started thinking, man, the Ravens kind of let me down this week. The Browns just seem like one of those teams, you know, they're just they're very talented. I think I think they just need that little bit of spark. And I I, I think they're right there. Because I think they're going to compete for that division. I really do. And I think I've said that in, in a previous show. Correct. And, and to believe it or not, as much as I like the Ravens, I'm going to take the Browns in a really low-scoring close game. I think this is going to be a defensive game, to be honest with you, dude. And I'm talking 17-14 type of deal. You know, it's one of those situations. I do I do pickums for ESPN, so I'm looking at my pickums list as I go. Typically, right after Sunday night football, this is my method. I make picks initially, and then as the week goes on, based on injuries, I adjust. Okay. I initially have Baltimore in this game, but after watching Cleveland and kind of rerunning it back, how they severely limited Tennessee's runability with Derrick Henry. This is a like a 51-49% type matchup. For right now in my gut, I'm going to stick with the Ravens. Okay. Their defense is good too. Miles Garrett has been an absolute dominant force for Cleveland. If Cleveland stops Lamar from running, not the run game, but just Lamar, because right now I know they got injuries. Dobbins out for the year. Hill was out last week. They really didn't run. They did more pass plays, and it was Lamar running the whole time. If that case is the same for the Ravens, everything is up to Deshaun Watson at that point. Can right. he pass the ball? He's found Amari Cooper. Could he utilize Elijah Moore? Sure. Should he use Najoku Moore as tight end? Absolutely. Oh, please and, do. <laughs> and I know. And remember, no more Nick Chubb. Yep. And Kareem Hunt is probably going to get full reps this week. Yeah. So I'm going to say Ravens right now. But if everything can go right for the Browns, they'll win this game. Yeah. And I think if everything goes right for the Browns, they'll win. I don't want to say handedly because that's discrediting Baltimore. Mm-hmm. It, again, 17-14, I think might be a little too deep. I think it'd be it, very tight first half. And then maybe late third, early fourth kind of a breakout. Okay. Maybe like 20 to 17. I know I'm penny pinching right there, but something along those lines. Okay. But I'll give give me Baltimore because I think Lamar Jackson will will scheme well, figure it out. And I think some, something in my body says he and uh, Andrew Mark Andrews will hook up twice this week. Okay, so you got you got you got Lamar Jackson. I got Baltimore right in this now. one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, next we got Vikings versus the Panthers. Now, this is one of those games. Yeah, I I, I got the Vikings in this one because, again, I'm one of those guys where, you know, I just don't trust rookie quarterbacks. Uh, You know, I. And who knows if he's even going to play with his ankle right right, now. Right. Andy Dalton gave them a chance against Seattle, mm -hmm. but who's going to stop Justin Jefferson? Right. Carolina's defensively has been better than I expected them to be, but. I don't foresee Minnesota going 0-4 to this Carolina team. Right. If they were playing the Chiefs or the Niners or somebody, then I'd be like, okay, pump the brakes. Yep. But you're going to go 0-4 to Carolina? No. 
Vikes. You better hope not. <laughs> Vikes, and I'm going to say Vikes by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm with you right there. I'm thinking something like 28-14. Might, might even be some more 28-7, something like that. So, yeah, yeah well, I think we're, we're both right there. All right, next we got uh, Bengals versus Titans. Now, it's just like you said, the Titans can't seem to get a running game going. They just don't seem like the Titans of a couple of years ago. They don't seem to be able to put it together. So the, rela- the relationship between Tannehill and, and DeAndre Hopkins is still ironing out. There's glimpses, and mm-hmm. it could really be good if they just get an O-line. Sure. And you saw what the Bengals O-line did to the Rams on Monday night and limiting that running game for Stafford in some bad throws. Yep. Joe Burrow is healthy-ish. Yeah. He's going to go out there and play. And like he said in the postgame after Monday night's win. We're feeling it now. We we got some mojo this week. It's going to be a short week, but he and Jamar Chase are on the same path. If you get Chase and Higgins in the same game going on all cylinders, oh yeah, and then Joe Mixon Joe gets Mixon. His, yep, he gets his typical sixty yards and a touchdown. His typical you know twelve to sixteen fantasy points. This Cincinnati team could be very good. Yep, they got they got out a uh, uphill climb, but give me the bank Bengals in this one. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Bengals. I'm thinking. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines, 24-14, somewhere around there, maybe 24-7. Yeah. Nick Folk, draft him maybe. Draft the t- Titans kicker. He may be kicking a lot of field goals because I, <laughs> I don't know how often they're getting to the end zone. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, okay, next we got the uh, Buccaneers versus the Saints, a little NFC uh, South action. Um, No Derek Carr. That's all you need for me. I, I I don't trust Jameis Winston. I like the way the Bucks are playing this year. Are they are they playoff bound? I don't know. We'll see. That I division's mean, always up for grabs. Always up for grabs. So, but in this one, because of no Derek Carr, and the Saints haven't been all that spectacular this year. No, no, not at all. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Bucks, and it, I think it'll be close. I, I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of like. 20 to 13, 20 to 17, something like that. I got the Bucks squeezing it out in this one as well. Let's do remember Alvin Kamara is back this week. So that adds a depth to the Saints okay. offense. Jameis Winston's at the helm. Derek Carr had really been creating a, a good rapport with Michael Thomas, even though it hasn't gotten to the end zone yet, but he's getting six to eight touches, about 60 to 80 yards, just a good productive day. And Olave is the big threat. Mm-hmm. Jameis Winston's going to really have to iron out things to get this win in, in hand. Uh, this game is in New Orleans, so that helps their cause. The Superdome is always a good place for them to play. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. These are two really good defenses. They're not sublime, sure. but they're two hard-nosed defenses. It's a it's going to be a classic battle. I, I, I'm i going to stick with the Bucks, Even though Kamara's back, I think Jameis Winston's going to throw a couple of picks at some ill-opportune times. Um, I think it's actually going to be a little higher scoring than thought. Okay. I'm going to say like 23-20, 23-17 in that range. But I think Tampa Bay, even though in a short week, they're going to want to bounce back from that tough game against the Eagles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Baker right. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Who yep. would have thought? Yep. Who would have thought? Yep. Absolutely agree. Next on the docket, we got a little AFC East action. Dolphins versus the Bills. Now, I don't think the Ooh. Dolphins are going to put up 70 this week. No, 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 no. Um, this will be a lot lower scoring than, than that. Um, I just think it's going to be one of those games where 
Josh Allen makes that one mistake that screws the bill over, bill, screws the bills over. I like the Dolphins in this one. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of 34, 24, somewhere along, you know, something like that. Okay. I just think Josh Allen just has one of those, you know, bonehead games that he typically will have every now and again. This one's, t- this one's probably one of the tougher ones, probably top three in the tough category this week for me. Because nothing to take away from the Dolphins. They've looked absolutely phenomenal. And they did all of that last week without Jalen Water. And it's questionable if he's going to play with that concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, have the Dolphins, though, played against any real defenses? Patriots was probably the best That's defense because the Chargers <laughs> – sorry, Chargers fans. <laughs> and uh, uh, you dropped 70 on the Broncos. Get yeah, out of town. Like, come on. The Patriots gave them a fight, but they still won. Buffalo's definitely going to be the best defense they've faced off against this season. I think the only way Buffalo really gets this game in their favor, you got to force turnovers and force pressure on Tunga Vailoa. And if you don't accomplish that, you're screwed. Bill's defense handled the run game very well. So we'll see how they balance Moster and Achan and and all of that run game ability. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this could be like the Chargers game, back and forth, back and forth type mentality. It's in Buffalo. You know, initially I have Miami winning this game, but I am I feel like I'm talking myself out of it right now. <laughs> Oddly enough, I hate those moments when I'm like, I'm so confident. But it's it's hard for me to say to go against the Dolphins going 4-0 because they are undefeated. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to think the Bills going and being 2-2. Two and two. That's I think it's one of those weird scenarios. I got nothing but love for Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. If their defense plays like it did against the Red, uh, not the Redskins, sorry, I just offended people. The Commanders, <laughs> I offended some people. I'm sorry, and and, and over there in Landover, Maryland, um, Buffalo can win this game with their defense. Whose defense shows up first? That's who wins this game. Everybody's going to talk about the offense and how Tyreek Hill wants to be a porn star now and and Aww. shit like that. <laughs> but I I think at the end of the day. Shit, I think I talked myself out of this one. I have the Dolphins, but I'll, I'll, you know what? I'm going to go with my gut. It's going to be 51-49. Give me, give me the Dolphins 51% on a win. All right. <laughs> but I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo proves me wrong because Josh Allen is still a very good quarterback in this league. Now, they're not getting uh, Von Miller back this week, are they? From what I've heard, not yet, but okay. that could change as the week goes on again. It's, it's still early. Sure, okay. okay. All right, so uh, we both got the Dolphins in that one. Yes. Right on. Okay, next we're going to head on over to the Bears versus the Broncos. Broncos. Really? Broncos. Really? I have no no faith in the Bears. Broncos. The Broncos can at least put up some points. Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton have been very good in combination this year. I know Sean Payton wants to get Javante Williams the ball more, but because they've played so crappy – you can't rely on the run game late in the game. You're having to do the air attack. I think they're in Chicago. Again, the Bears are a catastrophe right sure. now. I, I The only way I think the Bears really win this game is if Justin Fields goes off. Runs that's for what over, I'm making on. <laughs> runs for over 100 yards, multiple touchdowns. He has to run the show. He can't depend on anybody else. And I, and, and that's kind of my, that's kind of my thinking. And I'm and – I, and I'm looking at that Broncos defense like you just gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not saying any slight to the Dolphins. That's a good team. They are it's a good team. Firepower. Yep. But you gave up 70 points regardless. So I kind of like the chances of Justin Fields going off on this defense. Okay. And so I got the Bears in this one. And it's going to be close. 
I'm thinking like 21, 20. <laughs> Maybe it'll be the, it'll 20. be the, It'll be the least viewed game of the week. I'll oh, tell you it's, that. It's definitely the what the fuck game of the week for sure. The the, the state of Colorado and Chicago will be the only <laughs> two watching this game. Probably the only place that's being broadcasted too. <laughs> oh boy, man, um, you're getting demoted on that one. But uh, I, I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna say Sean Payton does not go for zero and four. Ooh, okay. I don't see it. If it is some big conversation, he's not getting fired. Russell Wilson's not getting canned. He's got a big deal. What do you do? I, I don't think, think they want to answer those questions yet. I think you start seeing some trades. J- I, Russell I mean, Wilson as a J-E-T. Oh, shit, no. God, no. Ugh. Did you see that they they could possibly be open up talks on trades for Jerry Judy again? Yeah, I, I, I saw that somewhere. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, that some Twitter could, or something. Some teams could bank on that. That could be oh. a, a story coming up for another conversation in the future. Imagine Jerry Judy in, in Detroit. Jerry Judy in Green Bay. Ooh, yeah. No, Again, Packers, Packers don't do that kind of shit. Though. I know they don't, but still. <laughs> but hey, no. <laughs> no, you know who it's probably going to go to? Probably freaking the Rams or somebody that's just a fringe team. Like, I can see just... that. Oh, my gosh. But Jerry Judy in yeah. San Francisco? No, we're good. <laughs> no, n- nothing against Judy. We, yeah. We're just good. <laughs> why? Why mess with a team that's I, nine out of ten? I could. I'm not saying that. we're perfect because I don't want to jinx. Eh, why? Why, <laughs> why mess with maybe not perfection, but why mess with sexiness? I'm telling you. Why mess? I'm telling you. At least you know. Oh yeah. All right, so we're gonna move on. Next, we got the Eagles versus the Commanders. Now, this was an easy one. Now, I've been on the Commanders bandwagon a little bit. A little but, bit defense yeah. until last week. Yeah, but this one, this one was kind of easy one for me. I just the Eagles are good. They're better than the Commanders. It's a divisional game, but I I like the Eagles in this, and I think I don't think it's gonna be close. I think we're talking some along lines somewhere along the lines of like twenty eight seven, twenty eight fourteen, maybe. Yeah, Eagles in this one. I know if I have to look right now, I want to say the Eagles open up as a. 10 to two touchdown point favorite. Let me take a look right now. But I really do think they they got on the right side of things again. They're they're one of the three undefeated teams here in the NFL. They're they're at home. They have a good defense, good defensive line or a, a great defensive line, not good, great. Um at the end of the day, they're opening up this game as 8 point favorite, so a okay. touchdown favorite. I think that's a, a little generous. Uh, at the end of the day, still give me the Eagles. They'll go to four and zero and still be one of the few teams that are still undefeated this season. Absolutely agree. All right, next we move on over to the Texans versus the Steelers. Now, everybody knows I I'm not big on the Steelers this year, mostly because of Kenny Pickett. He looked a little inconsistent last time. Uh, the Texans kind of surprised me last week. I, I didn't think they could put up that many points, but uh, they did just enough to tickle my fancy where I'm going to pick them this week. I'm going I'm to take the Texans over the Steelers. Texans over Steelers. Texans wow. Texans over Steelers. And I think it's going to be somewhere. I think, I think the Texans are going to win it by two touchdowns. 28-14. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Big of the week, baby. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, well, this is where this could be a tiebreaker for you and I. You said Bears, I said Broncos, so this would be our second swing pick. I got the Steelers in this one. Okay. I feel the Texans are very similar to the Vegas Raiders in the difference of Jimmy Garoppolo, veteran, a good court, a good uh, 
okay quarterback that throws a lot of interceptions. Serviceable. Serviceable. Houston better than Zach Wilson. Houston Texas. <laughs> That's not even a shot. I agree. <laughs> Houston Texas have CJ Stroud, who's been very good this very year, good. Even, even in the two losses. Yeah. Um got almost a thousand yards passing. The Texans defense is still a work in progress, but sure. they looked good last week holding Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence. Um, but Pittsburgh's defense is better. And I think that's where the defense will be won on the uh, – the game will be won on the defensive side of things. Kenny Pickett did enough last week to get the job done. He was helped up by his kicker, Boswell, a couple good yeah. field goals. And the defense did very well as well. Um, but I'm going to say my big pick for this one is going to be Pittsburgh over Houston. Pittsburgh will have five – at least five sacks in this game with two of them coming from T.J. Watt. Oh, Wow. Yeah, okay. you're. I I know. I know the you know the conversation is always T.J. Watt, Nick Bosa of the Niners, who's the defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. The Eagles always have somebody. Um, but J.J. Watt's on another. Or not J.J. T.J. Watt, J.J.'s brother. Yep, is just on a different realm right now. And sure. getting two sacks on this day, I think he's going to take advantage of a Houston Texans offense that still is missing Tunsil at the left tackle position. That is true. That is true. Okay. So give me Pittsburgh in this one by at least. Cool. You know I gotta have that controversial pick every week. That's okay. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Talking. <laughs> I don't know if I have a controversial pick this week. I think this week is kind of straightforward. I think at the end of the day, the ball- Ravens over Browns may be my controversialist pick of the day. Okay. Maybe I don't know. All right. Next, we head on over to the AFC West: Ooh. Chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Now. I think this is a chance for the Raiders to put up some points, especially, you know, involving Devontae Adams like they did last week. I mean, that that boy just went off. But I like the Chargers in this one. I don't know why. I mean, the Chargers just – they can put up the points, but that defense, man. It's, um, like, it's like the Angels. Good yeah. on paper. They have big names, but it doesn't happen. Right. Yep. Um, what do you think in score wise? Uh, I got Chargers here. I'm thinking, I'm gonna give the Raiders. Uh, ugh, I'm gonna give the Raiders the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna give them some points. Okay. I'm gonna say thirty twenty four Chargers. All right, Chargers are favored by five and a half in this contest. Um, Chargers gonna be back at SoFi Stadium. Raiders, Jimmy G is questionable right now. I know he's under concussion protocol. They said it's not too bad. They said he should be able to play. Mm-hmm. If so, that gives the Raiders a better chance than sure. if it's their backup at this point. Um, Devontae Adams went off last year with Derek Carr against the Chargers. He'll, if Garoppolo's in, he'll go off again. Look what Justin Jefferson did against the Chargers. Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. You know, every team that's played the Chargers, they have at least one receiver mm-hmm. that goes off. Right. Um, and it's Devontae Adams. Maybe Jacoby Myers. Who knows? Uh, in this one... Chargers get their footing back, get a win. I say by a touchdown, Jimmy G will, will probably get into that mentality of at least two interceptions in this contest. Uh, the Chargers will find a way to get to him, put a little a little pressure. They're not going to be as good of pressure as maybe what Pittsburgh offered the Raiders this past Sunday. Mm. But give me Chargers in this one. High offensive game in the high upper 20s, maybe scraping the 30s. Um it's going to be the Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams show, though. Sure, absolutely. Especially if Austin Eckler is still out for the Chargers. You know, Mike Williams, done for the year. Done, yep. Maybe Palmer, maybe their rookie Johnson comes in and does some work. 
Um, but it's going to be the Adams Keenan Allen show. Get your fantasy football ready because it's going to be a big one. It's yeah, going to be a doozy. And I got me some Keenan Allen too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and one of my leagues, I forget which one it is. I have Devontae in one. I oh, have nice. Keenan in another. So either way, just give me some high scoring. Games. Absolutely. All right. Next. All right. Well, this this is where Dom shines right here. Game <laughs> of the week for Dominic, maybe. We got the 49ers versus the Cardinals, a little NFC West action. Now, Man. believe it or not, I got the Cardinals over the Niners here. Whoa. I'm fucking joking. Psych. Oh, yeah, we'll <laughs> I would never like... do that. That would be a moron move. No, 49ers over the Cardinals all fucking day. I don't care about shit. Who's playing quarterback for the Cardinals? They, I mean, they can borrow Trevor <laughs> Simeon if they want. I don't give a shit. The Niners are going to demolish this fucking team. It ain't going to be close, dude. I'm talking 40 to 10 Niners. Christian McCaffrey's going to have a field day. I bet you he hits about 150 yards rushing. Wow. Wow. From okay, Thank you. All right. <laughs> well, here we go. This I'm the type of fan for the 49ers, my beloved 49ers, faithful to the Bay, baby. I never hold anybody unaccountable. Look what Dallas, what they did. They didn't give a shit about the Cardinals all week. They knew they were going to win. Didn't practice, went laissez-faire attitude, and got their butt whooped. Yep. And got spanked. Mm-hmm. Okay? Niners don't play that game. I don't play that game. Every team, I don't care if you've won every game or have not won a game yet. I don't want to be that team that loses to you. Right. The Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Patriots, whoever. Niners have a good head on their shoulders. We've talked about this through the show. Purdy, McCaffrey, Samuel. Ayuk's going to be healthy, even though he missed last Thursday against the Giants. He's slated to come back. That's a huge piece to the offensive puzzle. George Kittle's starting to get touches. They also got Jawan Jennings, another wide receiver. He gets maybe two to three catches a game. His blocking opens up that run game so good. The O-line is so good. The I didn't defense. block it. It's so underrated. I mean, yes, that's why that I want. Old... That's why I want Eckert to freaking uh, or not. Yeah. Eckert, um, the tight end we just drafted for the Jets uh last year. Like, come on, man. But yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, you. It, it's it's so true. If you are not, if it's a run play, you've got to block. And the Niners and Kyle Shanahan again. Shanahan and our GM John Lynch both got extensions, undisclosed ex- undisclosed extensions right now. But they are having extensions, so they're going to be here for the long haul. And this is great. Yep. The Niners have Kittle locked up. They've locked, they're going to probably lock up Brandon Ayuk this offseason. Bosa's Good. locked up. Fred Warner's locked up. Ufunga's going to get his That is a core. Ufunga's going to get his money. You know, Brock Purdy's going to be in the league for another three years before he gets a contract. He's yep. here. Uh, you think the Niners are going to let McCaffrey go after two years from now? Hell no. This team is primed and ready to go. They got to strike now and get that sixth championship. But this week against Arizona, it's going to be pre- – they haven't really – the one thing that the Niners' defense hasn't done much the first three games of the year, pressure the quarterback, blitzes, blitzes, blitzes. Houston Texans head coach D'Amico uh, Ryans, who was our former defensive coordinator, and Robert Sala, they were about that blitzing quarterback mentality. Steve Wilkes, new defensive coordinator, comes on in. He's more of a settle and go instead of just all out let it go. It's protecting that intermittent slant. But when you have two best linebackers in the game led by Fred Warner, mm-hmm. you have that option to hang back, go in, do what you got to do. 
I, our secondary has been very good. Charvarius Ward, uh, Lenore, as I mentioned, Ufunga has been extremely good. Our rookie kicker, Jake Moody. Dude, he's been great so far after some injuries in the preseason. He's been looking rock solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact about the 49ers, every game this year, 30-plus points. Wow. Every game, except two that I'm Brock so Purdy jealous. has started. So the Niners have scored 30 or more points. And one of those two games that he didn't, he threw out his elbow against the Eagles. And that don't count. So one game in Brock Purdy's career, he hasn't thrown 30, or the Niners haven't gotten 30 points in a game. That's insane. I think the streak continues of 30-point games. McCaffrey gets on the board. Ayuk gets on the board. And I think it's time that George Kittle gets into the end zone. We have, you know... We I just get picked the, him up in fantasy. <laughs> you know, we get the little first down, little thank you, little drop-offs, but we need that big celebratory. But again, it's going to be ground and pound. I, I like Christian McCaffrey. Maybe not 150. It depends on how Arizona schemes a little bit. You saw what they did to Dak Prescott in the passing game, and Purdy ain't no Prescott, so let's get that straight. Sure. Purdy ain't no Prescott. He go and figure it out. <laughs> uh, I think, but McCaffrey's going to get his touches. Uh, they they want to balance McCaffrey and, and RB to Elijah Mitchell a little more so you don't wear out McCaffrey going deeper into the season. Makes especially sense. after this week, the Niners got Sunday night football against the Cowboys at home. Oh, nice. It's a bloodbath. I don't care. It, it's going to be a ground him and pound him physical game. Mm-hmm. You want McCaffrey and everybody healthy for that game. So I'm going to say McCaffrey still gets over 100, maybe 100 to 120. Okay. Elijah Mitchell could get maybe 40 to 50 yards, get him some extra touches this week just to save everybody. Um, but I, I'm not going to predict a score because I don't want to, you know, be too crazy. Okay. Give me the 49ers scoring at least 30 points. Ooh. I want at least 30. Keep the streak alive, baby. Let's uh, go. We're definitely on the same page. But, there, but right? it's at, but, and again, it's a home game for the Niners. The Niners love being in front of their home crowd. The Niners fans, I would say them and the Steelers fans, travel well oh yeah those two you look at the niners against the rams two oh weeks it was a niner home was, game dude it was freaking sea of red it was sea of red and it's the good kind of sea of red yeah baby. like i on, couldn't believe go. that dude i was like there is no way yeah. and, and they were just panning out just going like slow i was like that is insane dude yeah 80 percent of tickets sold niner fans that and wow. that was the rams home opener and see, this is why you can't. This is why they should never put a fucking team in LA because nobody goes. There's there's no market for an LA team anymore. Chargers, like, I feel Chargers have more home fans than the Rams do. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, the Rams have been out of SoCal. I mean, up until they came back, they were out of SoCal for over, what twenty years. Oh yeah, decades. You gave people twenty years to stop giving a fuck. And I think they would have been better if the Raiders came to LA. Yeah, I and mean, probably most of those people went to root for the Chargers anyway if they didn't stick with the Rams. I mean, yeah, they, they stuck in SoCal. I mean, who knows? Uh, to me, that was just a stupid move. But yeah, yeah dude. But, it, hey, SoFi State, another home for the 49ers yeah. to claim. Yeah, just Levi South, baby. <laughs> but no, I think I think the if if the picks go as so, you're gonna have the same three teams undefeated going into Week Five. I agree. I agree. So so go Niners, faithful to the Bay, baby. I know Jets fans. Hey, we got nothing but love. At least for me as a Niner fan, I got nothing but love for the Jets. Again, we don't play each other. We're not in each other's division. We're not in each other's conference. The only time we'd be bitching at each other is the Super Bowl. So we can have fun. (laughs) We can have fun. All right. Next, we got Cowboys versus the Patriots. 
real, this is an easy one for me. I mean, the Patriots are probably going to be riding a high if we're going to beat the Jets. I mean, come on. You beat Zach yeah. Wilson. But this is an easy one. This is I got the Cowboys right here, and I got the Cowboys yeah. by a couple of touchdowns. I'm thinking like 28-7, 28-14, something like that. The only way New England survives as long as they can is protecting Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Disregarding what happened in Dallas this past week against Arizona, you can call it a fluke, you can call it whatever, you can call it cowgirl, whatever. They have a good pass rush. Michael Parsons is <laughs> Michael Parsons. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know they lost Diggs. That's a huge blow to their secondary. Right. And they've had some off excuse me, offensive line issues. Mm-hmm. But defensive line and linebacking core, yep. the, the, the Patriots O-line's got to be ready. And, you know, Bill O'Brien, the offense, uh, offensive coordinator for the Patriots, is going to have to look to get that ball out of Mac Jones out of his hand fast. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a homecoming for Ezekiel Elliott. So I predict Zeke gets more touches than Ramondre Stevenson this week. Makes sense. Just, ba- just based on right. the reunion. And he – you know, even if the Patriots lose, Zeke wants to get to the end zone at least once. Yep. And the, and and Bill Belichick will get him that if oh, they. Yeah. Um, but Dallas, they, they they're gonna try to ride the low of last week and try to bounce back, and they're gonna really be amped about this game. I think it's gonna be closer than some people think. I do have Cowboys winning at the end of the day, but I think it's gonna be closer. And I I will say Zeke will get into the end zone regardless of what the score is, just for pride purposes. Cool. All right, and the next – oh, God. You want to save him for last? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Let's jump to Monday to Chris Stapleton and Snoop Dogg's opener before we get to Carrie Underwood. We're going we're gonna to pause for a munchie meal break? <laughs> yeah, we need a – oh, my God, we need a whopper. you you got to be an Angels fan to understand that joke. Yeah. <laughs> I know the Whopper, new- whopper, whopper, whopper. <laughs> Man, Jets fans, if you knew, if you know, you know. Oh man, so yeah, let's 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 talk about the Monday night game before we talk about that Sunday night game. Seahawks, Seahawks versus the Giants. Seahawks, easy. Yeah, I Seahawks, hate saying dude. it. I hate saying it because they're a divisional rival, and and it's the team of of a friend of ours who who we do baseball podcast with. Yep. Um, but is there Hi, any? Todd. Other... Hi, Todd. <laughs> is there any other choice in the matter? No. no, no Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. The receiving core is a mess right now. Trash. Um, Daniel Jones is scared in the pocket. Eh. If you can, if you control Thibodeau on defense for the Giants, you're fine. There's no pressure coming at you. Yep. Seattle knocked out Carolina. They were surprised by the Rams in Week One. They barely squeaked by the Lions in Week Two. So really, Seattle could be one and two, one and two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I know it's in New York, but I can't even give hometown points to the Giants. <laughs> Are you ready for this one? Sure. And this this could be the shock of them all. Uh-oh. Vegas has the Giants a point and a half favored. You're joking. One and a half point favored for the Giants over Seattle. And Seattle's healthy. Geno, Kenneth Walker, Lockett, and DK Metcalf are healthy. And Jamal Adams is supposedly coming back. That's got to be purely based on it just being a home game, right? One and a half. If it's a home game, then give Seattle one and a half points. Oh, someone's smoking dope in Vegas. Um, yeah. That, uh, uh, shit. Someone, <laughs> Vegas wants the money. Vegas yep. wants the money. 
everybody's going to be like, oh, the jo- okay, that's an easy, you know, cheap bet. And then Seattle's going to run 30 points up on the board against them and be like, ah, thank you for your money. Yep. That's a Vegas ploy. But yep. Seattle going to go three and one. Yeah. And it's just going to ex- accentuate that lead for the Niners. It's pretty much going to be Niners, Seahawks, one game apart. Rams and, and Cardinals drop down. The Niners play the Seahawks twice in a three-week span starting on Thanksgiving night. Oh, and that wow. three games, that three game trek for the 49ers goes at Seattle, at Philly, home against Seattle. Oh, wow. And that's at the end of November, first two weeks of December. That's going to be the, that's the meet. The Niners do have a game against like a Monday night game against Minnesota. They have a game against Cincinnati. There's a game on, you know, they got the Browns after uh, the Cowboys and the Browns defense is very good. So there's some games, but we're, if I'm talking stretches, that three-game stretch, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, please be healthy for that. A little dirty. You're going to need <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I've never said from day one the Niners were going to run the table. I never, I, I'm never one of those proponents because it's very hard to get. Sure. It's very hard to get. Sure. But that three-game span, you know, we've had better luck against the Seahawks than in years past. You know, going into Seattle – is always a tough task. Sure, they're absolutely. loud, they're proud, yep. they annoy the hell out of me, but they love their team. Yep. And Thanksgiving night, the last time the Niners played Seattle on Thanksgiving was about six or seven years ago when Richard Sherman was still there and they beat our ass. So there's some, uh, you know, Thanksgiving memories that are that's not feeling sure. good for me. But, you know, that stretch is going to be difficult. So that's why when I look at that and then I look at what Seattle, a point and a half under, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Then the Niners at that point should be fucking forty point favorites against Seattle. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Exactly. Come, on, people, come on, there's still people that think the 49ers are not a top five team. Wow, who are those what? people? What a bunch of morons! People, you know, they they got the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Bills, and I'm like, okay, you can make cases, but the Chiefs aren't that great. They're anemic without Kelsey. Yep. And this is a perfect segue because we're going to talk Chiefs, Chiefs, Jets. Yep. But they're anemic without Kelsey. Sky Moore. Who's that? <laughs> Baldess Scantling can't catch a ball. Tony can't catch a ball. They're relying on their speedy running backs on check down passes. Oh, look, check down passes work. Yo, Zach. Yo, Wilson. <laughs> he needs a Jarrett well, McKinnon. But overall, again, Seahawks over Giants. Yep. I, I want to say landslide, and I'll stick with landslide. I think I'm with you. I I like the Seahawks in this one, and I like them. I like them big. I'm talking thirty to thirteen. I think the Giants. They, hey, the Giants. This is only their second home game. They haven't scored a point yet at home this year because they lost forty to nothing to the Cowboys. Wow, you're right. I don't think the Giants get their first points, even if it's a field goal. It's going to extend a little bit, not until their second half of Ooh. the second of the second quarter. Oh wow! Like right, be- like right before half, kick a okay. meaningless field goal. Yeah, see, yeah, okay. and watch Daniel Jones will have an eighty-yard run to start the game and just prove me the fuck wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, Seahawks. No, now that the big one, let's yeah. go to Carrie Underwood getting a million dollars. Al Michaels, where you at? There we go. Oh, man. Here we go. Chiefs at the Jets. Oh man, when uh, you're a Jet, you're, you're a, a jet, jet all the way, baby. Yep, from your first cigarette to your last dying day, and I don't smoke. Yeah, there we well, go. Not cigarettes, anyway. 
No, you're smoking. The, you're, you're, you're smoking the juices of Zach Wilson, baby. Smoking. Dr- hey, sm- hey. If you're smoking, my life sucks. <laughs> if you're smoking the juices of Zach Wilson, you got to be related to Robert Sala, maybe. Or be like a fifty-year-old woman. I apologize, America. <laughs> those dead, those BYU women. <laughs> oh, they're mid. Anyways, oh, uh, anyway. No, yeah, Chiefs at Jets. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. I wish this game had such high hopes when Rodgers was in, you know? Yeah, yeah, four the weeks Rodgers ago. The Rodgers-Mahomes I bet you even NBC or whatever is looking at it like, oh, fuck. Everybody's like, damn it, we should have put Dolphins uh, <laughs> Dolphins bills. Dolph, honestly, look, honestly, even well, with – every- I tell you, if this was like eight weeks later, it'd be getting flexed right in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, even with Aaron Rodgers – if he was the quarterback right now in this moment, mm-hmm. the game of the week is still Dolphins Bills. Oh, for sure. I think I think if NBC's looking back right now, they're like, "Well, we yep. <laughs> you could you could have given this game to Jim Nance and Tony Romo on CBS." I mean, it's it's clear that they were looking at finally we get Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. I think that's yeah. all that was. It wasn't it wasn't based on how good the teams were going to be, which it is was, good in theory. Sure. Prime but, time. That's what Sunday Night Football is. Prime time. But I'm with you. I mean, you got two really hot smoking teams in the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. AFC East rivalry. That is a yeah. granite. When it comes to rivalries in the AFC, when it comes to Bills and Dolphins, that one's fucking huge. Yeah. It's oh. not. I don't think it's as big as Dolphins, Jets, and even sometimes Patriots and Jets. Patriots and Dolphins. I've heard is a very strong and, one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we it's all hate growing. The I think it's Patriots. growing. We all hate the fucking Patriots. Like on a, it's almost on an even level. But when it comes to Bills and, and Dolphins, like it's it's it could get brutal, dude. I, I've been in I you know, I've been in a couple of mix ups between Dolphins and Bills fans, and it yeah. ooh, they do not fucking like each other. So that no. that would regardless, like you said, that's definitely game no. of the week. Chiefs have a nine and a half point favored right now <laughs> on the road. So there is no home love right now. No. The, they the don't real deserve qu- it either. The real question is can the Jets score – they've scored 10 points consecutively back-to-back weeks. That's raised the stakes a little bit. Can they get 13 points this no. week? No. No. Chiefs defense held an anemic Bears team to very low scoring. Uh, the Lions tacked them up a little bit, but, you know, Jones wasn't back yet. They got Kelsey back. Uh, again, you and, and, and the hot – and the commodity that we're all missing, the X factor in this game – I wouldn't be shocked. New York, get ready. The Swifties are coming to town. Uh, Taylor, I guarantee. Sunday night football. You know the PR team is sending Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. You know it. I honestly, sidebar. I don't want to talk about this too long. I feel this whole Kelsey Swift thing is a PR stunt for both of them. Oh, for sure. I, I they're both popular in their own regard, regardless if you like them or not. This is a publicity stunt. If I've never seen one before, come on. Yep. His podcast is now number one in America, 400% <laughs> increase in Jersey sales. Yep. And his ex-girlfriend was at the same game. <laughs> Come on, that, that's a, as the young kids will say, that's a little mid. Yeah. That's a little mid feeling <laughs> right there. But no, uh, I don't think they'll score 13. Not if they don't get the running game. If they can get the running game going, I can see him getting as far as 
20 points because I think if the running game gets going, I think that's where the majority of your points will come from because I have no faith in Zach Wilson putting up any points. I mean, you're missing wide open receivers. You're hitting checkdowns on fourth and 10 when literally the game's on the line. Like, this. I mean, he got – you literally got to give this guy superb fucking field position to have any remotely any kind of a fucking chance. He needs a big special teams or the defense to – Yep. Get a pick six, recover a fumble in the red zone. Yep, you can never he, rely on Zach Wilson going the length of a field. Don't eh, it just no. won't fucking happen? Unless you're starting at your own forty and it's sixty yards, yep. that's when you can maybe start to be like, "Oh, we have hope." Mm-hmm. No, yep. I, okay. Here's some quick for you as a Jets fan. Quick rapid fire from a Niner fan to a Jets fan for this sure. game. Shoot it. Which wide receiver has the most receiving yards in this game for uh, the Jets? That's tough. I'm going to go with – oh, man. I'm going to give the edge to Garrett Wilson just because it's Garrett Wilson. He probably, he, something. He, yeah, he probably still won't get 50 yards receiving, but he'll probably have 45. Alan Lazard probably get you about 30, somewhere around there. I okay. Zach Wilson, it's probably going to be another 120, 130, 40, 50 game, yard game for Zach Wilson. I could see. I definitely see him probably throwing a pick or two this week. Don't see any touchdowns. The only touchdowns I see, as far as the Jets are concerned, is that the running game gets going. And if that doesn't get going, ah, uh, dude, they're gonna fucking kick our ass. It'd probably be like forty to zero, dude. Forty. To well, 40, spe- 40 to speaking zero. of the running game, here's my next little rapid fire question for you. If the running game actually gets going, mm-hmm. who gets more touches, Hall or Cook? Oh, Hall for sure. Hall. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It better. <laughs> yeah, it better at that at this point, you know. And then, okay, last one, last rapid fire. If the Jets score and not get shut out, do they get a touchdown or a field goal first? Uh, knowing the Jets, it'll probably be a field goal. Field goal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. it'll probably be something like where they're they show they 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 show up. You know that you know the first drive starts marching downfield, looking good, and all of a sudden get a penalty, kind of stalls the drive. You know they get a little closer, and they're like, all right, we got to settle for a field goal. I think the best case scenario for them get the offense out to start the game. Don't re- don't rest on the defense. You've been doing that lately. Mm-hmm. Don't let Mahomes get on the board first because if you see down seven nothing two minutes into the game, you're like, all right, Zach Wilson, you got a mountain to climb. If you can go out, even if if you get a three, nothing lead and it gets evaporated, at least you can, at least the defense can be like, Oh, this is what playing with the, even a minimal lead looks like. Yep. So I would say that we'll, we'll, we'll lock in those little rapid fire picks. You and I will, we'll, we'll talk about it as that game goes on on Sunday night. Sure. I'm pretty sure we'll be off the hook messaging each other about this game because I will be. I will be invested in this game because who isn't invested in Sunday Night Football? Wow. I'm there for Carrie Underwood. And then the game <laughs> As a country music guy, you know, I, come on. Carrie Underwood on the drums? Like, it's, it's, it's a good night. I would but, be there um, for the Jets, but I don't expect them to show up. So I'm there for Al Michaels. There you go. Maybe oh, no, cu- no, no you get me a- Mike, Mike Tirico. Oh. Remember, it's Tirico and Collinsworth. Here. Oh, that's right. That's Al right. Michaels, you get Al Michaels Thursday that's at Lambeau. Right. That's right. That's right. Shit. But at the end of the day... <laughs> Chiefs by at least twenty. At least twenty. Yeah. Sorry. 20. I, uh, I I feel yeah. bad every time I've come on the podcast. I'm saying against the Jets, but it's like I, I think Trust maybe me, Jet real tr- Jet fans understand, dude. We get it. I'm hoping next week I can at least try to make a case Jets over Broncos. I that's the goal. Well, we'll Give see me how this a week chance, goes. Jets. <laughs> Give me a chance to. Let's go. 
don't get blown out this week, you know. At least try I mean, don't you're not going to win. Just try not to get blown out. Yeah, exactly. At this Ma- point. Make it somewhat respectable, you know, so at least give us some kind of hope going into that Denver game next week. Yeah. So I at the end of the day, you got to make do with what you got to do, but like I, overarching him for this whole podcast episode, I think we've talked about the locker room for the Jets how there's been some they're starting to get a little rumblings of dissension in the ranks. Mm-hmm. This Chiefs game is going to be a game that I think some maybe deep down the players know is not going to be good. Yep. And if they don't think that way, I get it. You got to be a, 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 a an athlete and be like, we're going to win. We got to win. But somewhere deep down, it's like, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. So I'm really looking at whatever happens this week happens. If you yep. miraculously pull off a, a, a win, <laughs> blow your load do something i don't know what you're gonna do folks. playing the lotto if we do that <laughs> but it's it next week or the following week against denver that's going to be the game where you're playing a not so good defense with a, a very mid offense it's going to be two similar teams yeah and if that game goes awry then we that after that game that podcast might be oh you know, spicy. I think today, you know, you're you're spicy on Sundays. Mondays yep. you're spicy, but then by when we record on Tuesdays, you kind of there's moments. It's like hi, 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 Sunday, Monday, Monday, <laughs> and then Tuesday it's like I'm, like when we talk in the mornings, it's like hi, but then by the afternoon it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you just have those moments. So it's like Tuesdays are very good to kind of settle the mood. It's probably good that way too, knowing who I am and how I can get you know. Being with the yes. Angels and being with Halo in the infield the last three years, it's probably good that I have a chance to cool down because man, I, I try to keep it as family friendly, uh, family friendly as much as I can. I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest, folks, and I know they know that. Anybody yeah. that knows me, knows it's, that. Hard. it's hard. It's <laughs> hard when, when you're passionate about something you love. It comes across it sometimes, but y'all haven't seen me if the Niners lose. <laughs> like if you, if y'all saw me after that NFC title game. <laughs> even when we win like last year when we almost lost to the raiders in overtime oh man my family can attest to that like it's like a, it's like a <laughs> mental breakdown it's like what? and then two seconds later oh, you. two minutes later oh, man. it's it's you know it's it's passion it's football it's sports what are you gonna do exactly. it's, it's what we love but you know we'll see if i can finally take the crown for a week of picks i haven't gotten first place yet <laughs> so let's see if i can stay above 500 and get a win this week over you and brandon well we'll see yeah. I, I did make i did make some picks this week that, have, that could probably end up coming back to bite me in the ass so we'll see yeah well that's what we said last week and look <laughs> yeah. look at us now who would have thought who would have thought it's close in the pickums, man i think it's a what a two-game difference between you two you and brandon i think what Four game Two. difference between you and I. Yeah, that's a week. So yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a couple psychotic breaks away from a difference maker. Big time, big time. <laughs> so, but hey, everybody, we appreciate you guys checking us out here today on the One Jets Pod. Thanks again, Dominic, for showing up. Of course, go Niners. Hey, there you go. I might have and to go Jets. Go Jets. Eh, eh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks guys for checking us out. Uh, make sure if you're checking us out on YouTube to hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure to hit that bell notification so you're notified every time we hop on here and do something for you. Also, check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. That's where we have all our audio-only platforms. So again, thanks for checking us out, and we'll see you down the road. Go Jets! Uh, so this is... Uh, after the episode, uh, I wanted to take this opportunity 
to uh, answer a few questions that uh, came across the uh, Instagram today. By the way, I'll be posting uh, things for you to answer or ask us questions every week uh, to put on the show. And it kind of be like this, you know, it'll be after the show, you know, kind of laid back, you know, kind of settled down and figured I'd just, you know, answer a few questions. So we'll start it off with young Trey from Instagram. He asked me, what if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy? Will the Jets still be one and two? No. I I definitely think we would have won the Bills game. I think Dallas would have been a lot closer, but I definitely think we would have we would have won that Patriots game hands down. Because Aaron Rodgers is not missing open receivers. That's just not fucking happening. So we 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 would have won that game. We probably would have had the lead and never gave it up. So we'd probably be sitting at two and one right now. I still think we might have lost the Dallas game. Dallas, there was a lot more than just you know quarterback play uh, that doomed us against the Cowboys. So I, I think we'd be sitting at two and one. So, but thanks again, Young Trey, for your support, man. I love seeing you on there. You're always you know liking and you know and and participating. So I appreciate you, brother. Looking forward to hearing from you again. All right, next is uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. But it's I think it's Rich's Wick. Sorry if I uh totally uh butchered that name, man. But uh he asked me, How does it feel losing to the Patriots eight straight years? <laughs> feels great. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> Come on, it feels like shit. Of course it feels like shit. Tired of losing to those assholes. And lately it's not like we're it's not like we're getting our ass kicked. I mean, we're barely losing these games. I mean, some competent quarterback play, and I would say uh, Robert Saul and company's 5-0 and versus the Patriots. So, but yeah, it, it, it fucking sucks, but thanks for that question. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, we have Steven Likes Them Thick. boy. He says, or he asks, Trevor Simeon, do you think that's the answer? Trevor Simeon's never the answer. But on a team like the Jets, I think it could be serviceable because he's going to be able to do the things that Zach Wilson can't do. Is he going to be perfect? Fuck no. He's going to be a, he'll be a mediocre quarterback, but he will be able to do the things that Zach Wilson won't be able to do. And being able to and, and doing that combined with getting this running game going should get you at least you know at least over twenty points a game, which you should win the majority of your games if that's what if you're scoring over twenty. This defense has shown that they can hold you know teams you know to seventeen or less, you know outside of the Dallas game. Again, that was just a whole lot of other fuck ups. But if he could just do a fraction of what Zach can't do, then I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be in, you know, the thick of things at the end of the year for that wild card. Are we going to make a long playoff run? Probably not. But just to get to the playoffs, that'd be great. But as far as the answer, I mean, if the rest of the team can step up around him, I mean, if you can give that guy three seconds to fucking throw the ball, who knows? So... I'd rather I I do rather much have him over Zach Wilson because I don't want to see Zach Wilson get strutted out there one more fucking game. I am over that shit. So, is it the answer? I guess it really just depends, you know, 
how the rest of the you know the, how the rest of the team performs around him. If you can give that guy three seconds to throw the ball, you give any NFL quarterback, any capable NFL quarterback, three seconds to fucking throw the ball, they're probably going to be pretty successful. Unless they're just one of those quarterbacks that's always in its own head. But Trevor Simeon's been in the league for a few years now, and teams seem to keep him around. I don't see Zach Wilson being that kind of guy where teams, you know, start to keep him around. Like, that guy's going to be out of the league in no fucking time. Like, I don't know. who Who's going to give this guy a second contract? I mean, there'll probably be some team that think they could turn him around, but good luck on that shit. So, but give him three seconds, he could be the answer. So that's that's kind of my take on that. So again, thank you guys for checking us out here on the One Jets Pod. Thanks for your guys' question. I hope you guys send them in every week. Looking forward to answering them. Uh, make sure again to hit that like and subscribe button if you're watching us on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio if you're just checking us out on the audio platforms. I'll see you guys down the road, and once again, go Jets.